We are geek-centric, and you can be too. And welcome to this magical episode of the Geek Centric Podcast. I'm Kev, and for today's episode, we ask that you keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times as we give our spoiler free thoughts on an exclusive Disney Plus series set to premiere on the streaming service on July 21st. From executive producer Dwayne Johnson, the show is a look at famous Disney attractions you know and the true stories you don't. Of course, I'm talking about behind the attraction. But first, if you're joining us for the first time, this is a weekly show covering the world of film, television, gaming, toys and collectibles, and all things geek-centric. Joining me on the show, we have the man who was born to be a mouseketeer. He'll make you smile, and he'll make you cheer. It's N-A-T-E Nate. Oh, <laughs> nothing, nothing. I was expecting something about my spending habits to come up yet again on this podcast <laughs> when we're talking about Disney stuff, but listen, I'm happy, I'm happy with fresh, what you are with. I'm happy with what and you friendly. are Okay. Also joining us today, when he visits parks, I'm not sure how he gets satisfaction, especially because he's too scared to ride most of the attractions. <laughs> it's J-Law. That's true. I like the simple yeah. ones. Little Mermaid. They'll <laughs> always have a place in my heart. You are a Little <laughs> Mermaid. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, how are we doing, guys? Is it just me, or did this fantastic little series not make you want to get back to the parks like right now, like oh, yesterday. So bad. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Absolutely. Uh, Behind the Attraction is a 10-part series narrated by Paget Brewster that delves into the rich and amazing history of Disney parks using archival and never-before-seen footage and photographs to unveil how the attractions came to be and how they've been refined over the years as new ideas surface and technology evolves. Tune in to explore how Imagineers filled the Haunted Mansion with 999 happy haunts, how the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror transformed into Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, while defying gravity in the process, and why Space Mountain took so long to launch. From the 1950s to today, from Jungle Cruise to It's a Small World to Star Wars Galaxy Edge, Disney Parks attractions have amazed millions, and this is the story of how they did it. Including rare interviews with Walt Disney, each episode features exclusive interviews with dozens of past and present Imagineers, as well as others who divulge insider secrets of the parks and how iconic Disney attractions were brought to life. Well, it looks like it's almost time for Rope Drop, so without further delay, I say we use a fast pass and get right into our high-level thoughts on the show. Just why don't you get us started? Sure. Yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed this show. Um, we've we've talked about it, you know, here and there about how much we love the Imagineering story, um, and I think that this takes a different approach to that. Uh, I think the Imagineering story is is done more like a documentary film series that feels very um, not dramatized, but just a little bit more real. Uh, behind the attraction feels different from that because it has a lot of humor. The narration felt so familiar to you know I think we. We all kind of may have mentioned this, but, you know, the toys that made us, um, it has that quirky, fun vibe. And it's just it's a really great approach, uh, especially when you're talking about these attractions, right? And these rides and their history. Yeah. Shout out to Paget Brewster, uh, the narrator, who honestly um, never came off as like grating or annoying. I, I always enjoyed every every time I, I heard or at least I did. Um, and yeah, it, it totally reminded me of, of the toys that made us um, or the movies that made us and I love the the quick cuts that they did. 
um, and just how they, they show the, I think one of my favorite parts is like when they show the Imagineers in the older footage and then the, the way that they edit it, it lines up with their faces with the newer footage. So you just really get to see how both, both the people that created the attractions and the attractions themselves grew, uh, throughout all these years. It's just, it's really, really cool. And I think that's what helps separate this from the Imagineering 100%. story is yeah. that instead of a you know one linear sort of timeline about you know the the development of the park from start to where we are today, this one sort of jumps all over the map yes. and looks at specific yep. elements of ride development and attraction development and how the parks grew mm-hmm. in each different episode and how different rides influenced later rides. But yeah, it definitely jumps all over the map and like we said, just has a lot of fun. Yeah, there'll be somebody who says something. You know, like, uh, I, I couldn't wait to get on Space Mountain, and then they'll use that as a recurring joke throughout the episode. <laughs> or, like, I think there's one with Star Tours where it's, like, it's not a it's not a screen, it's a window. Yeah. And then they would kind of, you know, and, you know, Patrick Brewster would be like, well, just remember. And then it would cut back to the person yeah. and be like, it's a window. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. It, that's, or that's even, yeah, they even did it with, it's a roller coaster. It's not a roller yeah. coaster. Yeah, it's, it's not, not a roller, roller coaster. coaster. You, can't, you can't call it a roller coaster. You can't call it a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, for Space I just, Mountain. I loved, I loved the comedy throughout the, the series in yeah. every episode. I felt like they really because Disney can oftentimes especially when they're talking about their history Mm -hmm. as we see in the Imagineering story it's very grand and 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 prolific but but this series kind of helps to humanize a lot of those moments and a lot of those stories because it, it does talk about some of the things that went wrong it talks about some of the mistakes that they've made and it shows some of those moments as well um especially regarding like uh the hall of presidents and i won't yeah. i won't give away what happens there but uh it, it is pretty it is pretty cool and, and interesting to see how they failed yeah and i think i think what it does is it draws humor from those failures right that's what they do really well and it helps really create a very cohesive series like as much as the imagineering story is so cohesive it stays very focused on the Imagineering. This is so lighthearted and fun, and it sticks to the heart of the parks uh, and what makes those rides great, and and the history of that throughout that we've seen. It almost, with that lighthearted nature, does a really good job in in sort of recreating the feeling that you get yes. when you're at the parks and when you're going on these attractions and you're going on these rides. And even right from, I love the the opening title sequence. It's so fun and it feels like you're jumping on a ride and going through all these different experiences. I also want to shout out like, you know, I, I think on our last trip uh, for your wedding, Kevin, I, I remember we went to the Hall of Presidents and uh, I'd never gone to the Hall of Presidents before. And I got to say, well, it still doesn't sit high on my list of, of favorite attractions. The episode that features it in this series really gave me a new appreciation for it, not necessarily for it as the Hall of Presidents, but as a as an appreciation of A, the technology, and B, a, a dedication from Roy to Walt and, and from the between these two brothers. So, you know, to me, like that makes me want to at least go back and see Biden when we go next year, potentially. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I think I will every time there's a new, you know, president added to it I'll, I'll do it again that way you, sure. you only have to you know sit through the presentation every four to eight years, eight years. but um <laughs> but, but i but i mean there were a few episodes when as i was looking at the list i went oh that one doesn't jump off the page at me right but every episode had its moments had like the, the there was an episode there's an episode dedicated to trains and monorails that was right. fantastic yeah yeah and i think the other thing that i just i i really enjoyed about the series was, you know, going into it, you might see a, an attraction where maybe you're not as interested in it, 
Um, but maybe you are interested in maybe what it became. And, and I think the show has a really good yes. through line throughout pretty it's much used. almost every yeah. episode yeah, yeah. where it does show how the technology was used and is used today. Uh, and I think that's so cool that we can get something. And it's so it's so cool that we can get something like Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run from Star Tours, like the exact same technology, but then enhanced, obviously, for today. Exactly. And and I think we as fans who have gone have seen that. We we know that that's where that evolution has, has come from. But to hear this sort of behind the scenes story of what went into it and the involvement, like I, th- I think that like those little stories to learn those sort of things behind it, it just really draws like how much goes into this and how many things they just throw it to the wind and say, hopefully it works out. <laughs> but, but it's just amazing how they, they're constantly learning from their mistakes, mistakes and from yes. their achievements. And, and, you know, not to, to give too much away about the, the star Wars episode, but with smugglers run, you can really see that the, the advancements, and the struggles they had with the Abraham Lincoln animatronic led to Hondo on Smuggler's Run, which is yes. right. you know one of the best we've ever seen. And uh, and just um, with with Space Mountain, and one of their biggest concerns was how are they going to get enough people throughout the day onto this ride? And they had to come up with solutions for that. And then you see that applied yes. to Smuggler's Run, and and yeah. the way they develop that ride system. It's just amazing how they keep learning from different parts of the park and applying it as they move forward. Um, now, again, this is a this is a trickier show than we're kind of used to just because there isn't really a narrative that we can break down. Um, and so I don't want to beleaguer things too, too much. Was there anything on the show that didn't quite work for you? Yeah, I mean, uh, Justin, you had mentioned how the trains, planes, and automobiles, what, what episodes, the train trams and monorails or something, that, that episode, how you guys really enjoyed it, I really enjoyed it too, I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it, um, even though it was that, I guess it's the last episode in the series, the, the only thing that kind of bothered me, and I, I have really mixed feelings on this, because, you know, I think it can be watched in any order, and I think- it does. It doesn't, but but the thing is, it doesn't have any sort of progression, which in one way that mirrors guests in an experience at the park where you choose what attraction you want to experience in any order. But unlike the experience at the parks, you know, they, usually they end with like a big fireworks show. And right. I was kind of hoping for the final episode in the season to provide that sense of sort of grand scale final act or just something that culminates maybe all of this stuff together into one final episode and we didn't really get that it got just kind of it just kind of ended yeah no i i get you you're you are you are the kind of person that looks through this for the story in in everything right, right? and I, I see what you mean by by them not having like a through point narrative but i think that's what's so great about this is that it is crafted in a way that you can enjoy your own attraction or you can watch the rides that you really really connected with and have some really great memories with and, and watch that history and i and i think that's what's actually really great about it is that there's not a through point it is individual snackable episodes that you can that can be enjoyed in themselves but they together they do form a continuity of of a history like of a a really fun history show i i definitely agree though i will say it it does lack the the cohesion of the the uh, imagineering story in that in that and and i think it it coming out so close to that it's only about a year apart some elements did feel like, oh, we've kind of gone over this before. I already know this story or this part of the story. So that was the one thing for me that was lacking was any time they were sort of just retelling an element from that Imagineering story that we'd already sort of gotten. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I have nothing really bad to say about the show. <laughs> I mean, that's great. I mean, I'm just, again, this is done by Seven Bucks Production, uh, which is The, the Rock's Rock. production company, right? Dwayne Johnson's production company. I, the the um, first time I saw that as I was watching the first episode, I thought, that's interesting. Yeah. And obviously it makes sense when you sort of get into one episode in particular. For sure. <laughs> and, and, and you know, I think that makes it, it definitely works for that. But it's just, I'm wondering if, yeah, what would, what would this series... Like, maybe we wouldn't have gotten the amazing humor that we love if it wasn't done by this particular group and it was done by the same people that did the Imagineering story. So, like, again, that's where my mixed feelings kind of come into play. But I I just – I would have liked sort of just a – I would have liked watching the last episode and just sort of felt like that. This is this is the final yeah the bow episode. the bow on uh, the on, bow. on it all yeah but yeah. but maybe but maybe that wasn't the final episode you know there's there's obviously an abundance of of rides and attractions that they could explore in potential future seasons so right you know are there any particular rides park elements or other aspects of a Disney park that you would like to see explored if there if there are more seasons if I was thinking like rides maybe like something like Peter Pan um, I'd love to learn more about that and you know. The, the narrative the narrative ride if you will yeah i believe they call them dark rides and uh yeah so generally you know you're on a track going through the dark and and yeah i, I would agree uh peter pan's flight pirates of the caribbean Ooh, that would be a good one, um, you know yeah. yeah i would love to see more on those you know i'm a i'm a kid of the 90s and so i think it would be really cool to see some of the shows uh, and behind the scenes of them. So, like, It's Tough to Be a Bug or yep. Muppet Vision 3D. It was such a fun experience mm-hmm. for me when I was a kid. And so mm-hmm. to see that, you know, or for a lot bears. of people, it's like, yeah. And for a lot of people, like, those are just the things you do to get out of the heat or the rain. Yeah. But yeah. I've always really enjoyed them. And I think it would be cool to see the behind the scenes, see the actors who portrayed those moments, see maybe the behind the scenes of the recording of those moments. Oh, that's um, and then you could bring yeah. that towards the modern mm-hmm. live shows like Monsters, Inc., Laugh Floor, and Turtle Talk with Crush, mm-hmm. right, to see how those actually work and to see how their their shows have sort of evolved from this sort of set, you know, everything happens the same way every single time pre-recorded to now a more live interactive experience. And I just, I think that would be a really fun and episode would, if they want to do that. That could really easily fit the mold of how they do it. You would start sure. with, you know, the Country yeah. Bear Jamboree that you mentioned yep, there, Just totally. and, and which they haven't in either series now really explored. And it's such a staple. It might be. It might be though because of questionable depiction. For sure, similar Maybe. to similar to uh, uh, Splash, Mountain. Splash Mountain. Well, speaking yeah. of that, I would love to see sort of that transformation that they're doing because I found that really interesting That's with cool. the Tower of Terror. I'd love to see them doing the uh, retheming of Splash Mountain, and I think they're doing it a bit with Jungle Cruise as well, even though they didn't really touch on it in the in the Jungle Cruise episode here. No. So yeah, any yeah. any time they could show that sort of modernization. Because it shows that they're growing and learning from those mistakes, right? And right. so I don't think that they need to shy away from it if if there's a clear indication that they are sort of growing from those For past sure. mistakes. Sure. I, I totally think, though, yeah, like classic rides. Yeah, let me see Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Let me revisit something where, you know, a couple rides that aren't there anymore. This would be a great chance to just revisit those for maybe people who never got to ride them or some of us who missed them and haven't ridden them in a while. And and I know this this might be very, very specific to me, but I would love a special on Disney Springs. You know, fanta- you know the, the way they've created Disney Springs, this fantastic cool, shopping, yeah. dining, and live entertainment experience. What went into developing that? You know, sure. I would personally find that one really, really interesting just because yeah. of how much time my family and I spend there. Yeah, at, at Downtown Disney was what it was originally called, yes. right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, I know they have an episode in this season about the Disneyland Hotel, but there's such a unique identity to each of their resorts that you could have another episode that sort of focused and, and really went into those elements. It feeds to the idea, too, of behind the attraction, right? Like, that's that's the big thing. And, and these are all what we're talking about are the attractions of Disney, right? So, And, and, we, and we had the benefit of doing the um, Keys to the Kingdom VIP sure. tour where we got yes. to you know learn some of those behind the scenes secrets and obviously they don't like to give too much away but anytime you could learn more about cast members and their roles I know they have a, a series sort of dedicated to that but you know to insert that into the, the the attractions aspect of it I think would be really really cool um what well guys uh before we wish our listeners a happy ever after uh let's give our final thoughts and score on behind the attraction we're going to score the series out of five hidden Mickeys. Nate, do you want to start us off? Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so, yeah, I mean, I really I really enjoyed the series. Uh, these attractions are like magic, and when you're a kid, they do exactly what they're supposed to do, which is provide a magical experience that transports you to different worlds and that will thrill and inspire you. And they still do that to you as an adult, but when you're a kid, you don't consider the human beings that brought all the magic to life. And this series, while it focuses on the attractions that came before and how they inspired the ones we have today, it also does such a great job at introducing and celebrating the people who've made Walt and Roy's visions for people to enjoy throughout literally generations of, of people. I really enjoyed the show for how light it was, how fun and, uh, and, and how fun it was. Uh, and it's honestly just such an easy and lovely watch. Um, again, I do wish that there was some sort of a pop at the end, some sort of just something to kind of really wrap everything together uh, as a way to say this is the final episode. Um, but I also do appreciate that you can kind of watch it in any order or omit complete episodes. Uh, and it's a great primer for anyone taking a trip to the parks or even something to watch before you watch uh, The Jungle Cruise. Uh, so for my final score, I'm going to rate this entire series a solid four out of five hidden mickeys uh it was a lot of fun and i really hope they do a season two because i'd like to see them explore some of the things we talked about awesome justin final thoughts uh yeah well you know nate pretty much said it all um it's it's absolutely it's it's a fun enjoyable watch that you know gives you a peek behind the curtain i think for us uh, as you as you said nate we as kids we love the rides and and you know uh, it had its magic and now to kind of learn more about what goes into that and the people that make it, uh, this is, this is great. So if you're into, you know, that sort of stuff, this is perfect for you. Um, that being said as well, I think that the, the best part about this is it kind of lives up to Walt's vision of what he wanted to do with, with a lot of the attractions at, at Disney is, is entertain while st- still educating. Uh, while, yeah. while passing on enlightenment and, and, and that you can learn while having fun. And I think that this is what's really great about the show is that you're learning so much about the past of, of what has helped to build Disney parks experiences so much. Uh, and, you know, you're having fun while you're doing it. So, yeah, I'm going to give this one a, a four out of five hidden Mickeys as well. Nice. It, it sounds like we're all pretty much in the same ballpark here. Uh, I, I've given it uh, a 4.2 out of 5 hidden Mickeys, uh, just because I can never never stick to those round numbers. But <laughs> I just, yeah, I thought the show, it featured enough new information uh, to be fun and informative. Uh, but it also just did, I think, what it was most successful at was making me crave my next trip, especially after yes. 
being away from the park for a year and a half. And there was certain moments where I just felt myself like, oh, I can't wait to do that again. I can't wait to do that again. And even some things that I haven't been as interested in 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 the past or haven't done in a while. Like for me, the first thing I'm doing when I get to Magic Kingdom next time is I'm riding around the park on the train, which I haven't done since I was probably in my teens. And and, and it's just, you know, it's all it'll almost be like a new and fresh experience. And and that's just so amazing that they can still provide those sort of experiences. Yeah, man. And, you know, speaking of wanting to return to parks, I'll start wrapping up this episode by plugging what remains one of my all time favorite videos that we've ever done. Uh, And this episode uh, is actually the last large scale episode we were able to complete for the YouTube channel before COVID halted production over at the Geek Centric Studios. Uh, So please go and check out our Day at Disney video as we take a tour through the happiest place on earth through the world of toys and collectibles. But before you do that, we want to thank you for joining us as we left today and entered the world of yesterday, tomorrow, and fantasy with this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed your visit. If you did, please be sure to give us a magical five-star rating and subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts if you haven't already. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts on this upcoming series or with some magical experiences you've had at a Disney park or even with what some of your favorite rides and attractions are, we would love to hear from you. This is definitely one topic we'll never get tired of discussing. Justin, where can they do that? Oh, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Also, if you don't know, we have more than just our regular episodes of the Geek Centric Podcast, as we currently have two watch clubs on the go with Loki and Star Wars The Bad Batch each and every week. Be sure to check in as we share our thoughts on some of the biggest shows from Disney+. Plus. Uh, hey, Nate, what's going on over in Twitchney land? Twitchney land. Oh, my gosh. That would be a really interesting, like, mashup or collab. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Nate Plays Games. Uh, you know what? We've just been we've been hanging out a lot. Uh, it's been a little bit tricky with everything opening back up here in Ontario for me to, like, nail down an exact schedule for streaming. And so uh, I'm still working on that. So make sure you check out my Instagram, Instagram.com slash Nate Plays Games, uh, or just at Nate Plays Games on Instagram, rather, like, that way you can really follow to see when I'm going live. But you know what? I've uh, I've just been enjoying some good fall guys, some good gang beasts action, uh, and uh, and having a lot of fun with with the chat. So just all hanging out, having a, a magical time over there at on Twitch. Awesome. Well, Justin, Nate, thank you so much for joining me for today's dream filled episode. I can't wait to have a dole whip with you guys in the most magical oh, place yeah. on earth soon. Mm. Uh, remember, a dream is a wish your heart makes. And as we say, love ya. I can't believe I get to say this again. Get home safe, guys. Peace. Peace.